Let's open our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter number 9. We're going to read one verse of scripture, starting at verse number 29. And when you have that, I want you to stand to your feet in honor of the reading of the word. if I preach for a little bit. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse number 29. We're going to read this one verse of scripture. For the Bible says, and he said unto them, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he said unto them, somebody say, this kind, this kind can come forth by Nothing. There's nothing else that can do it. But by prayer and fasting. I want to preach here for a few moments on a simple subject. Preparations for this kind. Preparations for this kind. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, O oh God, for everything that you have done thus far. God, this is your church. We are your people. I am your vessel. Use me, God, for your purpose and for your glory. Help me, God, to speak every word that is intended, and I don't want my flesh to get in the way. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Preparations for this kind. Well, just so many of you understand this dialogue of this scripture text that we're reading from, let's start at verse number 17 in that same chapter of Mark number 9, uh, because I don't want to assume that everyone understands what is taking place here, and I want to give some foundation. For the scripture says, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Book of Matthew, you will see to it as referred as a lunatic, a dumb spirit. And whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away, which means he has become very thin or very weak. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So I want you to take notice here that obviously. That the man had an expectation from the disciples. So obviously disciples had performed miracles or cast out demons in times past. Otherwise the man would not have brought him to the disciples with expectation. So the scripture says they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Now notice that Jesus is now making a statement of frustration and he's making this statement of frustration to his people. He says, how long shall I suffer you? How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. The Bible says, and they brought him unto him and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him and fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. See, any times the enemy comes into the territory of the Most High God, he tries to do everything he can to stay away from the Spirit of the Lord. 
But the Bible lets us know, and he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? Notice that Jesus didn't even pay no attention to the spirit. That he was acting a fool, but he didn't even pay him no mind because the Lord knows at any time when I just say the word, the devil has to obey. So the Bible says, how long has this happened? Has this been going on and Oftentimes, and he said of a child, and oftentimes it cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. Now I want you to take notice here that Jesus first challenged with frustration his disciples and called them a faithless generation but now he has turned his attention to the man who has the child and says if you believe I know that my disciples didn't have the faith to cast him out but if you believe he says and Jesus said if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believe and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, this is when Jesus rebuked the foul spirit. Why? Because the devil likes attention. Whenever people come together and if he thinks he has a crowd, he would do everything he can to cause fear into other people. We're going to go somewhere here this morning. The scripture says... When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not do this? Why could we not cast him out? And that's when Jesus said unto him, this kind come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This fine, this kind, excuse me, come forth by nothing. You cannot cross your fingers and hope the devil comes out. You can't cross your fingers and hope things change in your life. You can't wish it and hope that everything's going to be okay. Matter of fact, church attendance doesn't even get it done. But prayer and fasting. This kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. If I can apply six principles that the world uses, I want to talk about six keys that can better prepare you for things that you desire in life. Six keys to better prepare yourself. It should be on the screen there. One is get a jump on everyday task. Two is acquire knowledge. Three is have a go-to person. Four, prepare finances. Five, practice self-care. And six, focus on the light. Now, if we were to apply these natural principles to the spirit, if you can leave those six keys to better prepare yourself up there. 
When it says, number one, get a jump on everyday tasks, that's prayer. You should start every day with prayer. You should not start your day with any other thing but prayer. Two, acquire knowledge. That is Bible reading. That's why we put so much emphasis on our chronological Bible reading in this church. If you haven't started that, you should start that. Acquiring knowledge starts in the word. Have a go-to person. That is your pastor. Some people have too many people that they go to other than their pastor and they wonder why they are not getting anywhere because they're receiving the wrong knowledge. Have a go-to person. That's your pastor. Prepare finances. That's tithing. The first thing that you should do always is pay your tithe and your offering. Prepare finances. That's tithing. Practice self-care. That is repentance. Every single day before you lay your head down to sleep, you should always take time to ask the Lord for forgiveness. That is self-care, repentance. And the last thing, focus on the light. Somebody say Jesus. <laughs> that is Jesus. That is how you focus on the light because he is the light of our salvation. It is once said, and many people have said this, I've quoted this even myself, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Adequate preparation will not only make a difference, it will make the difference. Adequate preparation will not only make a difference, it will make the difference. When you mentally prepare, it strengthens the belief that success is not only possible, but also probable. By visualizing your desired result, it will help you eliminate distractions and focus on your mind and focus your mind towards the Lord Jesus Christ. It teaches this in sports. Sports speaks a lot about preparation. Brother Mike and I, uh, who was a football player at Purdue uh, so I'm told. So we'll see. I haven't received any gear yet. So I don't know if this is a true statement or not. So I'm, I guess I'm going to have to Google it to see if it's true. But I was told that he played football. So he knows a lot about sports preparation. And in sports you prepare because you study your opponent. And when you are studying your opponent, you're not studying your opponent out of fear. But you're studying them out of respect so that you can be properly Prepare. You want to have preparation so that when you are against your opponent, when an opponent does certain things, you have an idea of what his next move is. And see, that is important to understand because I truly believe that some of us in here, our enemy knows us better than we know ourselves. That is a good question to ask yourself. Does the enemy know you better than you know yourself? Does he think he can throw a couple things at you and then you respond a certain way based on how you responded in the past. But some of us need to rearrange our thought process and our response and how we respond to difficulty because the enemy would do everything he can to try to distract you and pull you away from what the Lord wants to do in your life. But some of us here today need to make up in our mind that our response is going to be different than times past. That I may have humbled myself to the ways of this world. I may have given in to the enemy, but now I'm going to humble myself before the Lord. And now I'm going to worship him and magnify him in a way I never have before. 
What I'm simply saying is, is that the Lord is doing everything he can to cause distractions. He's doing everything he can to try to take your mind off of the goal. The goal is still making it to heaven. The goal is still to live a holy and separate life. But he's doing everything he can to try to pull you away from the ways of the Lord. If he can get you so caught up in the things that are happening today, you will lose your worship. You will lose your praise. But I believe I'm preaching to a group of people that will not lose their worship, that will not lose their praise. Hallelujah. If you can give me more volume, please give me more volume. Ah, but I'm here to tell somebody that I'm in preparation mode. Oh, I'm going to say that again. I'm in preparation mode. That's why you see me worship the way I worship. That's why you see me praise the way I praise. Because I'm in preparation mode. Well, what are you preparing for? I'm preparing for the harvest. I'm preparing for revival. I'm preparing for the miraculous. And while I'm waiting, I'm going to be praising. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Because if we can be so consumed, give me even more. If we can be so consumed by the things of this world, we will stop praying. We will stop fasting. We will stop believing. And we will stop praising. Uh-huh. See, the enemy will do everything he can. Because I know you pressed your way out to the house of the Lord. I know there's many people that are at home watching us by the way of live stream. I know that. But he will do everything he can to try to distract you even while you're in the house of the Lord. To where you will begin to think about the things that we should not be thinking about. But when I come into the house of the Lord, I must have my mind made up. It took everything I got just to get here. So now while I'm here, you mean to think I'm going to be distracted? The devil is a lie. But I come to lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, I wish I had a witness here in the house. You can take tomorrow off. But today I come to lift him up. Today I come to magnify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, uh, if you want to get ready to receive the miraculous, uh, it starts in your praise. Uh, if you want to get ready to receive what God has for you, it starts in your worship. Uh, some of you have a hard time just raising your hand, uh, but I'm here to let the Lord know, God, I'm ready. Uh, Lord, I want it, and I want it right now. Somebody say this kind. Oh yes, the Lord is preparing this church for this kind. He's making preparations for this kind. And I just wonder if there's a few people that are preparing themselves with me for this kind. What are you talking about? See, I'm talking about there were certain devils that the disciples could cast out. That was an obvious thing. But then they came up against a devil that they could not cast out. There was something strong. Or there was something that they weren't used to. They were used to saying the same things, going through the same routine, and expecting the same result but this time they said the same thing they did the same thing but they did not get the same result so that's why they went to the Lord and said why couldn't we do this we did everything the exact same way we did last time because some people do the same thing say the same thing and they're expecting a result but what happens when the result doesn't come do you just give up do you throw up your hands or do you go to the Lord and say Lord what am I doing wrong what do I need to change in my life 
Am I not worshiping enough? Am I not praying enough? Well, the Bible tells us this kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. I'm telling you right now, there's certain strongholds in your life. There's certain desires in your life that you're not going to shake loose of unless you pray and fast. But when you have a desire to pray, when you have a desire to sacrifice, when you come into the house of the Lord and begin to worship him, this kind, this kind will come forth. Uh, what I'm simply trying to say is, uh, is that we must not continue down the same roads and down the same paths. Uh, hear me and hear me well, because I'm trying to help somebody here today come out of your situation. Uh, are you sick and tired of being in the same situation? Are you sick and tired of dealing with the same things? Well, I'm trying to help you to overcome here today. How you overcome is through prayer and fasting, uh, because there's certain things that are going to take place in your life uh, that you are not going to be able to come out of uh, but when you pray uh, and when you fast uh, when you say Lord I can't do it uh, but I believe that you can do it uh, when you take your hands off the situation when you allow God to put his hands on the situation I've come to preach here this morning. I'm trying to wake somebody up to understand that there's some things that are not going to take place in your life unless you pray and sacrifice stop looking to other people stop calling everybody else on the phone stop looking for an answer from other people when God is trying to get the attention of you to say if you would just come to me if you would just give it to me and if you would just sacrifice if you would just fast watch what I can do the disciples didn't understand why they couldn't get rid of that devil And to be honest with you, the disciples are suffering with something that many of us are suffering with right now, and that is embarrassment. That's why the scripture says they went to him privately. They were embarrassed. They were wondering why, because the man said, I went to your disciples, they couldn't do anything. So you know when there's a certain expectation and you don't meet that expectation, embarrassment sets in. So that's why they went to him privately and say, why couldn't we do this? Because this kind, there's certain things that you're dealing with in your life. This kind, uh-huh, yeah, some of you are dealing with devils. Some of you are dealing with addictions. Some of you are dealing with chaos and turmoil. Some of you are dealing with marital issues. Some of you are dealing with financial issues. But this kind, uh-huh, this kind. Some of you are dealing with things for years and years. Some of you have been dealing with things you just don't think you can shake them. That's why some of you had a hard time singing that song, No More Shackles, because you still feel shackled down. You can't even raise your hand and shake the shackles off because God... Mm, 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 mm. I've come with a word from the Lord. Some of you are dealing with so much turmoil in your mind, you can't even shake your hand. But I've come with a word from the Lord. You're in the right house at the right time. If you want to shake the shackles off your life, if you want to get rid of the addiction, if you want to fix the problems in your life, it comes by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. I know I'm not going to get a lot of people to dance and shout because when you talk about prayer and fasting, people don't want to hear that. Just give me the good stuff, Pastor. This is the good stuff. Prayer and fasting works. Hallelujah. 
it works it works when you pray and when you fast pastor I've been praying have you been fasting uh, pastor I've been fasting have you been praying oh they go together see some folks start praying and then they get to fasting and stop praying uh, no you got that mixed up they go together that's why the scripture says prayer and fasting this kind doesn't come forth by nothing nothing but prayer and fasting so what you've been doing doesn't work what you've been trying is not working what you've been attempting is not working try the bible way try it god's way try it jesus's way because i've come to understand that his word never fails hallelujah i'm telling you right now i know that prayer and fasting works Hallelujah. But see, the enemy, I, I, I don't know if I should move on or not. I'm going to just stay right here for a moment. But I'm telling you right now, the things that you struggle with, the things that you're fighting, and if you're not fighting anything, I want you to stand to your feet and come up here and take my spot because you'll be a better preacher than me. But I'm telling you, all of us in here are fighting something. Every one of us are fighting in our flesh. Every one of us are dealing with something that we're struggling with. And we wish we can loose it. We wish we can get rid of it. We wish there was a magic wand that could just take care of it. Well, I'm here to tell you, there's no magic wand. There's no magic peel. Don't let this world fool you. I'm telling you right now that if we don't do it the Bible way, it's not going to last. See, the world, what they offer is temporary success. Temporary ease. That's what it does. That's what drugs, alcohol, and pills do. It's a temporary get my mind away and off. Take this pill, the pain is gone. But it's still there. You just numbed yourself. Church, that, 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 that can't be a part of the church, though. We, we can't get used to numbing ourselves. Uh -huh. That's not even what church attendance is for. Uh -huh. Some people use church attendance to numb themselves. Uh -huh. They know they've been away for a long time. They know where they need to be and they come to the house of the Lord to numb themselves, to make themselves feel a little bit better about yourself. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, no, no, no. This is the house of the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You don't have to walk in here and then walk out the exact same way you don't have to walk in here and then leave out of here still stuck on the same problems no no the bible says there's liberty so that means the things that you're dealing with god can eradicate it the things that you're struggling with god can wipe it away the things that's holding you down god can lift them up so then therefore you can come back into the house of the lord and say i once was bound but now i'm free i once was lost but now i'm found hallelujah you wonder why i praise the way i praise because god has opened up my eyes you wonder why i dance the way i dance because god has set me free Woo, hallelujah hallelujah oh yes oh yes 
See, some people may not understand that because they're still bound in their mind. They're still bound in their spirit. Oh, yes, they are. I'm not trying to get you to run around these aisles. I'm trying to bring you revelation. I'm telling you right now, I dance inside the four walls and I dance outside the four walls. I lift up my hands without wrath or downing inside the four walls and I do it outside these four walls. What you see me right now on Sunday morning, if you see me on Tuesday, I still be dancing for the Lord. When you see me on Wednesday, I still be magnifying the Lord. Why? Because the Lord has set me free. Hallelujah. Preparation for this kind. Mm -hmm. There's many of us that are here today because this church was praying and fasting for you. Many of you are here today because this church was praying and fasting. And we were preparing for this kind. Whose kind? My kind. Your kind. What's my kind? What's your kind? We ain't talking about race in here. You, you won't have a problem with that in this church. Because if we ever do, they're going to have to deal with this kind, which is the ugly, frustrated kind, which is the rebuke and binding, get yourself out this church kind. I can preach on that a while, but I'm going to leave it alone <clears throat> because that's what the world is dealing with. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the book of Matthew 24, Lord, help me, I'm all over the place. <laughs> it talks about nations rising against nations. Uh-huh. You know that word nations in the Greek comes from ethnos. Uh-huh. Ethnos, that's where we get ethnicity from. Uh-huh. So it's not necessarily speaking of nation America rising against nation. Uh-huh. Great Britain. No, it's talking about ethnicities going against ethnicities. Blacks against whites. This person against Hispanics. This against that. No, it's race. That's what's happening in our world right now. Notice I said in our world right now. Notice I say not in this church. Not in this body. Uh-huh. No. <clears throat> Hallelujah. If there's anything we're going to do, we're going to lift one another up. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to strengthen one another. Hallelujah. Because by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Hallelujah. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. We have the same Father who has no respect of person. So why should I have respect of person? And what God can do for me, he can do for you. Oh yes, I'm no better than you. But when I call upon the Father whose name is Jesus. Oh yes, our Father has a name. Our Daddy has a name. My God has a name. And when I call on the name of Jesus, he's able to do it for me just like he can do it for you. So I've come to preach to somebody here today. I don't know what you need from the Father, but you ought to call on the name of Jesus. You ought to throw up your hands and say, Lord, here I am. Fix my life. Hallelujah. Change my heart. Change my ways. 
Somebody say this kind. Oh yes, oh yes. Hallelujah. This kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Because that's what the Lord does. He's getting this church ready. He's preparing us for this kind. He's preparing us for the individuals that we thought would never come to God. Can I talk to you for a second? He's preparing us for the people that are dealing with stage four cancer and they're only giving them so many months to live. That's preparation for this kind. Uh huh. He's preparing us for people that are strung out and doing this and doing that. And they're like, I've got to change my life. I've got to change my ways. He's preparing us for that kind. So then when this kind and that kind comes into the church, we can say, we've been praying and fasting for you. Hallelujah. Oh, we've been believing God for you. Oh, no. Come on in here. Come on in here. We know exactly what you need. We know who exactly what you need because we've been praying and fasting for this kind. So I want to tell this church, don't be surprised when we start seeing miracles upon miracles upon miracles begin to take place in this church. Hallelujah. Don't be surprised when many of you and your family members start receiving miracles because we've been making preparations for this kind. Now, if you don't want anything, don't pray, don't fast. If you don't need anything, don't pray, don't fast. Amen? Because prayer and fasting will produce. It will produce. Oh, you're looking at a living witness right here. It will produce. Prayer and fasting will produce. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes, it will. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. God's not done working on my daughter, Ava. And y'all have heard me tell this testimony. She's not done working on her. But I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful that she's alive. Because she was in an ICU unit for three, three days. Unresponsive. We didn't think she was going to make it out the ICU unit. But somebody begin to pray. Somebody begin to sacrifice. And say, Lord, I know that you're able. God, you can raise her up. God, I know that you're going to pull her out of this sick bed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this kind comes forth by prayer and by fasting. So parents, don't stop. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up on those children. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Uh-huh. Don't give up on those grandchildren. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Husbands and wives, don't give up on that marriage. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep believing God. Hallelujah. Because I want to tell this church right now, the Lord is preparing the people in this city already. I want to tell you right now in the Holy Ghost, he's already been preparing the people in this city. You know what God is waiting on? He's waiting on the church to be prepared. Hallelujah. He's ready. He's, he's trying to get his people to be prepared 
for them to come. I know this to be true because the Bible says that when Saul was breathing out threatenings, the scripture says, receive permission to put anybody, men and women, bring them back bound. If they believed and preached this man, Jesus, but on his way, God got a hold of his heart. Light shined from heaven. Who art thou, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Jesus stopped him in his tracks. Begin to work on his heart. Begin to let him know that you're going to see and go talk to a man by the name of Ananias. He will show you. He'll tell you all things. But see, while the Lord was working on Saul, he had to be working on Ananias. He had to be working on Ananias at the same time because Ananias didn't have nothing to do with him. He said, Lord, no, I've heard about this man. He's received permission to put someone like me in prison. The Lord said, no, 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 you let me worry about him. I'll take care of him. You just do what I told you to do. Church, God is trying to get us prepared. He's trying to get us prepared. See, he's got to prepare us to get ready for the people. Amen. As Cornelius was praying and fasting, the Bible says he fasted for four days, was praying for his household. Cornelius had the key to revival. He had the key to harvest in his household. Because if you read scripture, and I believe it's in Acts chapter number 10, if you read about that story there in Cornelius and Peter, the Bible lets us know that Cornelius was a prayer warrior. He's someone that prayed. He's someone that fasted. And he's someone that gave alms. That's the key to harvest. Prayer, fasting, and giving. And that's what Cornelius was. He was someone that prayed, he was someone that fasted, and he was someone that was willing to give. But while he was working on Cornelius, he was also working on Peter. Church, I I hope you're hearing me right now. I'm telling you, he was also working on Peter because Peter said, oh no, I've never touched anything unclean. He didn't want any dealings with Cornelius because Cornelius was a Gentile. He said, no, I've never touched anything unclean, never ate anything unclean as the Lord was dealing him, giving him visions of four-footed beasts. But the Bible lets us know that while he was working on Cornelius, told Cornelius to go send men to Peter's house. God was working on Peter's heart to help him understand, no, what I consider clean, you don't consider unclean. It's not your job. It's not your business to call somebody unclean when I've called them clean. Oh, can I make it plain? It's not our business when people come in here with different backgrounds and different uh, uh, things that have happened in our life, different past, if you will. It's not our job to say you don't belong here. You don't deserve to be here. It's not our job to look at them based on how they look and how they dress. No, it took them everything they could just to come in here. Oh, I'm trying to make preparations for this kind. I'm trying to tell you, church, you better not think you so high mighty. You better not look your head up and think you better than somebody else. I'm here to tell you right now. The Lord must work on the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preparations for this kind. 
Uh-huh. Ah, because it's not our business. It's not our job. But if the Lord says go, we've got to go. If the Lord says lay hands, we've got to lay hands. If the Lord says speak, we got to speak. If the Lord says be quiet, it's time for you to shut up. Oh, excuse me. Uh-huh. But it's time for you to be quiet. Yeah. Y'all pray for me. I got to stay in the Holy Ghost. Thought I was at home talking to one of my kids. Excuse me for that. But you get what I'm saying. We've got to learn how to move by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. How do you move by the Spirit, Pastor? That's a great question. This kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. God had to move upon Ananias. God had to move upon Peter. He had to move upon his people in order to reach the lost. Because if Ananias wouldn't have listened, would we even have a Paul? <laughs> if Peter wouldn't have listened, would we have a Cornelius? That brought his whole household to the truth. Brought his whole household to the gospel because he was praying and he was fasting church I'm trying to wake somebody up here today God is trying to get a hold of our hearts he's trying to get a hold of somebody's heart just to listen to his voice be obedient to his word and not consider somebody unclean when God says I'm calling them clean because the Lord is getting ready to do something miraculous in this church but he needs people to listen to his voice he's getting ready to perform something so great and he's going to do it through you and I Oh, yes, he is. But we must have preparations. And how do we prepare? It's through prayer and fasting. That's how we prepare. I want to tell somebody here right now, you came in here today looking for change. You came in here today wanting to go in a different direction in your life. You came in here today seeking answers. You came here today knowing that you need to make an altar in your life. But I want you to know you came to the right place. Because this church, the leadership of this church, the people of this church have been praying and fasting for you. You're not here today by accident. You're not here today by coincidence. But you're here today by divine purpose. What I'm saying today is, is that the scripture lets us know that there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The scripture lets us know that God is able to do all things. Jesus said all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. What I'm saying today is, is that as we stand to our feet, we're going to learn today and understand today that God is here to meet your very need. I want to understand something. I want us to understand something as a church. We oftentimes hear impartation. We hear that word. I'm going to impart something into you. Impartation. Well, impartation cannot be activated without sacrifice. Something has to die. 
We can impart wisdom. We can impart knowledge. But in order for the impartation to be activated, something has to be laid on the altar. There must be a sacrifice. See, the impartation that Jesus gave the disciples for those three and a half years was not activated until the death of the cross. It's once he died, he was buried, he rose again. That's when they became activated. That's when Acts chapter 3 comes and where Peter, John are walking into the temple to pray. Peter says, such as I have, give I unto thee. See, activation. The impartation became activated. But something had to die. What are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying today is, is that the Bible says, if any man come after me, he must deny himself. That's the first thing he's got to do, is deny himself. Take up his cross daily. Follow after me. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice for the Lord? What are you willing to lay on the altar today? And say, Lord, I've received the word. Now I want the word to be activated in my life. Oh, I'm preaching to the church right now. I've received the word. Now I want it to become alive in my life. See, it won't come alive until you sacrifice something. Something's got to be given up. You can't expect to go to a different level in God and you're not sacrificing anything. No, you've got to be willing to give up something. Somebody needs to lay something down and pick Jesus up. Somebody needs to think through in their mind, what am I doing that I can give up that I can allow Jesus to take the place? Because in order for what the Lord wants to do with you and through you, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice. Hallelujah. 